This podcast has been brought to you by GM Moving, part of Greater Sports. We're here to help the people of Greater Manchester get moving and to improve lives through physical activity. Hi, so I'm Eve Holt, I'm the Strategic Director at GM Moving. So this is about us sharing ways of moving, learning, leading and staying connected during the COVID crisis. Thank you for joining us. Will you tell us a little bit about you and about your role? Yeah, so my name is Ben Andrews and I manage uh, different schemes of work across Greater Manchester to support communities or agencies, um, to support disabled people to lead more active lifestyles so the, for the past five years I've been del- delivering a program of work called Empower You um, which was originally delivered in Salford um, but we've now got a, a replicable model so we've, we're now delivering in Trafford as well uh, and that's to work at a community level and make physical activity provision more accessible for disabled people while supporting the demand of disabled people to access these opportunities uh, and from that I've been involved in different pieces of work around um, looking at accessible walking and cycling schemes for disabled people and how we can um, create more accessible street design with infrastructure teams, uh, how we can create more accessible parks and green spaces to encourage active play um, by children with different needs. I've worked with um, health teams within the council to look at their systems and processes. Uh, around how they can better engage disabled people. So anything to do with getting disabled people more active, really, but less so about certain aspects of our work directly involve supporting disabled people to be active, but the majority of it is sort of changing the system so that it becomes more accessible and inclusive. Mm-hmm. Great, so that's sort of influencing the role and really designing for diversity in yeah, all the different spaces yeah. and stuff yeah. that people are. So yeah. can you tell us a little bit about why this is important? Um, why is it important? So from a personal point of view, I've got a, a degenerative visual impairment called retinitis pigmentosa, which involves the gradual deterioration of my eyesight. Um, so personally, um, I don't really want to access specialist provision, uh, and a lot of disabled people don't. Mm. We, The same as everyone else, you just want to be able to access things in the mainstream. You want to be able to go down to uh, your local mainstream gyms or sports clubs or whatever it might be. Uh, or just simply access the street for some people, which is quite hard at the minute. Um, from a uh, more, still a personal point of view, but I suppose it's just doing what's doing what's right. You know, everyone, everyone should have access to um, whatever they want to do. And at the minute, people don't have. We look at the activity rates of disabled people, twice as likely to be inactive as non-disabled people. And a lot of that, some of it might be passed off as, you know, it's the, it's the person's impairment, but the majority of it is the physical, social and cultural barriers that disabled people mm. experience. So it's not the social norm at the minute for disabled people to keep active. Um, so a lot of providers don't um, perceive disabled people as part of their market. It's all pushed onto sort of specialist provision and that's not really what disabled people want. Um, but until disabled people present a demand it's unlikely that the mainstream will adjust to meet that demand, but disabled people can't access the mainstream unless it's adjusted in the first place. So we're in a bit of a chicken and egg scenario where something needs to budge first. 
there's quite a stark stat there in terms of just say twice twice as likely to be inactive if you're disabled and then yeah. the work that you're doing to absolutely impact on the 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 physical the cultural and the social kind of norms and structural barriers so can you what what have you been doing so pre-covid <laughs> um yeah what have you been doing to shift those norms um, and sort of design for diversity? So Empower You has been a big part of that. So Empower You works by uh, working with groups of disabled people to identify activities of interest. We will then go and source those activities, working with mainstream providers to adjust their provision um, so that the group of disabled people can attend. And that could be any activity from walking and gardening, intensive gym work, any type of sports. Um, so we work with the providers to adjust the provision and then we support the group to access that activity uh, and in doing so we, we sort of coming at it from both ends where we're creating the adjustments um, to the activity but we're also presenting demand because I think sometimes providers get training and then they don't come across a disabled person for five years if they get the training and it's just no point so we sort of come at it from both ends uh, and then we work with the group as a whole, so including the activity provider, the group of people who are accessing the activity and those around the person or the group. So we work with carers, family, friends, support staff to increase their confidence in supporting um, interactivity and getting away from this mindset around they're scared of breaking people or they're scared mm. that people might get hurt. Or this, mm. this mindset we seem to have. Mm. Um, and then we support the group for eight weeks, uh, make sure everyone's comfortable, establish a routine of engagement, and then we slowly wean ourselves away uh, and just allow the people to access the group in the, in the same way as anybody else might. Mm. Um, so on one side, we've got a group of people who are now accessing opportunities that they, they want to, um, that they weren't doing beforehand. And we've got an activity provider who's now incentivized by a new market, if you like. Mm. Um, so then the ownership then, uh, it's sort of on that provider to maintain that and why wouldn't they because it's a different market and it's and it's new income uh, for a lot of providers in addition to empower you empower you sort of works across the board of a community and ideally for about a three to five year period uh, just to try because it, it takes a while for one um the physical activity system as a whole within a community to adapt to this mm. new group of people mm. and it also takes a lot of time for disabled people to feel comfortable accessing mainstream provision because they've been so used to only accessing specialist provision for so long so the amount of people that I have I've worked with over the years who said they love swimming um, but there's no hydrotherapy facilities available despite not needing any type of therapy and it's just mm. because they're that used to that being their go-to um, that they don't think swimming is for them and it's the same for a, a lot of different like sort of green therapy to do with green spaces and gardening mm. perhaps they, they could just engage with a traditional gardening group or go out in a green space but it's, it's that real lack of association so we're, we're trying to influence the culture there whilst generating demand and then other pieces of work that have been involved and have been very much sort of um, senior management and, and, and that type of level so working with infrastructure organisations around mm. accessible street design um, because we can do all the work that we want to create that physical activity provision but if people aren't actually, actually able to get out on the streets and access mm. it then there's no point in it being there. Um, so we've done some of that with Salford, like I said at the start, parks and green spaces. Mm. We've looked at with Salford to design them to be more accessible um, and that's involved. Everything that we do is, is sort of led by disabled people so we do for the parts and green spaces, we did a consultation with a special educational needs in primary school 
and they designed what their ideal part would look like and then from mm. that we drew up some recommendations and um, put them to the council and now they've started to implement them and um, so we're just seeing some accessible equipment be put in a parking where's the woods in Salford the workshops that we deliver at sort of a, a senior level which are around inclusion um, they involve people with different needs or impairments coming in to the workshops from that area mm. and just to thrash out how that organisation or team can work towards a more inclusive offer but it's always led by the people who the offer will be serving um, and then I've supported the actions that have come out of the workshops um, through sort of consultancy work that I've been brought in to do so yeah that's that's been the work today so it's been empowering yeah. local pilot work mainly and that, what that's, in, that, that's included what I've just talked about What's really um, stands out for me is how you then are working each of those different layers of the system. So I don't know if you've yeah. seen, probably have seen our GM moving uh, model in terms of the system change around physical activity. Yeah, yeah. And I can picture that model now in my head and you thinking about this shift that needs to take place from a very individual level in terms of people's perceptions, um, what they've been kind of told is, is okay, is accessible to them um, and be able to shift that so they, they do feel that they can access, you know, that, that swimming is something that is open to them to then mm -hmm. going, okay, well, obviously, that relies on those sort of social informal networks both potentially to support them um, mm. and empower and enable them to actually access it for them to also not be then in that risk averse mode of going no 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 you can't do that <laughs> no, yeah, no no you need yeah. to do something differently because there's this mm. risk of you know x y and z which often you know people from a place of care and concern yeah, can limit yeah. actually and stop people doing things that they really want to do and that matters to them to then mm. this next layer of these organizations and institutions and you know needing to work with whether they are you know our anchor institutions in the community our workplaces um our sports and activities facilities and the people within them to open their doors absolutely and recognize what are the things that would stop somebody from actually even getting over the threshold yeah, um, enable yeah. them to recognize that absolutely they should be you know what they the benefits they've got and what they can bring to to increase the activity um, of people who are disabled in the local community and then mm. you've got absolutely your uh, the physical environments and yeah. i have so appreciated the fact that you know i you know, my little patch of garden feels like it's grown dramatically over yeah. the last few weeks of covid because you know i really appreciate every little inch of space and the local park you know has been an absolute godsend for me and my three kids that you know we do have a green space and sit in the middle of manchester so you know how important is that access to open space to green space to blue space and you know again additional barriers that are in your way if you're um disabled and terms of being able to yeah. access that and then you've got your policy and influencing yeah. on how we do that. And then we've got our cultural norms, haven't we, yeah. really? Um, yeah. So it sounds like you really are working, influencing. It is working through the science. And it's, it's simplest form, it's sort of a, that supply and demand model. And you're sort of influencing the supply chain and then generating a demand to access uh, that chain. So that, that's how I describe it. It's very simplest form. But yeah, it's trying to work for those levers and making sure we're having input at every stage. Mm. So that is the kind of big picture, I suppose, in terms of um, in our normal world as it stands and yeah, trying to yeah. design moving back into that, that normal world, really, for the long term. 
Um, obviously that's all shifted and lots of things have sort of gone out the window in the last yeah. three weeks. And I guess I'm really interested to hear from your perspective what both the challenges are that you know very real challenges i think that that yeah. presents if you are somebody who is disabled where you know the care that you may have relied on the support there may be additional you know physical barriers anxieties there's a whole load of reasons why it's even harder potentially for people to move at the minute um, but what we're also hearing there's lots of opportunities as well for some people at the minute that you know new ways of working new ways of living and um, that you know have enabled some people to shift habits in a positive direction <coughs> so it'd be great to hear your insight into i guess the barriers but also with the potential opportunities with an eye on the future of things that we want to shift um yeah. and what you're doing um and what you would like to do really i guess to adapt in this moment yeah uh, i suppose for me although we didn't have time to plan it was just covid was just sort of dropped <laughs> as it is because no one can plan for anything like this but it, it is a real good opportunity for every people to keep active together even though we might not be physically together i think the way we're doing now uh, we're still socially interacting and no matter at this stage whether you're disabled or non-disabled i think that's something that could have been done together but it's not really been and this comes down to that lack of association thing i've just talked about disabled people because they're not um associated with being physically active or not associated with mainstream provision uh, i feel like in some areas they've been left out of it um so for example, if we look at the, the thing what's got children moving most during this period is, is Joe Wicks, um, for example, which has been absolutely fantastic and I take me out to him for doing it. Um, but if there's children from special educational needs provision who might have limited levels of mobility, then it's just, is there any equivalent or is there anything that could have been done to support Joe to adjust some of those exercises to ensure that everybody is able to participate? Because at the minute, the good opportunity that we've got is that COVID takes all of the, it, it doesn't, take away the adjustments needed to society but a lot of it we don't need to access the streets at the minute we don't need oh, for, for for long periods of time um, so a lot of the exercises people are doing from home in an environment that they can control so um, disabled people have generally made adjustments to their own home to enable them to access it in whatever way they need so we had a really good opportunity where things could be done online if people are given the right support to access that everybody could do together no matter the level of mobility so at the minute i'm working on a, a video with um about seven exercises but with four different variations of the same exercise so one's standing one supported one seated and then one's a, a passive type exercise for people who have no mobility at all and that way it's something that everybody can do no matter level of mobility you could do that if um, you know, alongside your care or support staff, if you was there at the same time, somebody could do it who can perform standing exercises. So um, it's just trying to really utilise this time when we can ignore some of the barriers, if you like that, go on externally um, and just try and bring people together by doing something that's accessible for everyone. So I think that's, that's a good opportunity that um, we could look at. Um, in, in terms of what we're doing, so we've taken our approach online. So our approach has always been around working with mainstream agencies or mainstream providers to adjust their provision to make it more accessible. So we've stuck to that approach. We've not really started. I've been putting videos out um, personally, but as in Power You, we've, we've taken the approach that will support mainstream coaches who are also finding this time quite hard because they've not got the classes that they normally be running and stuff like that. Um, there's a lot of competition out there in terms of 
people just putting free stuff online, which is really good. But for coaches, it means that their income might be quite limited. So we've supported them to transition to an online platform. And then through our networks, we're, um, with, with social care, with day services, we've supported tenancies where people are now going to be really isolated and, and stuck in a lot more, where they traditionally be seeing their friends or out of social clubs and stuff. Um, we're supporting them to um, promote through our network so that then we can um, get some of the people that we've supported or referrals that we've had onto accessing the online platform. Uh, and that's not sort of, we've, we've not gone down the route of doing Facebook Live um, and stuff like that just because we a lot of the people that we work with really want that interaction. You want to see other people at the same time as doing the activity. You want to be able to talk. So we've opted for a platform which allows us to do that. Uh, I suppose one of the barriers with that is um, traditionally would be able to go out into the community and promote through presentations, get people excited about it. And, and we could just deliver the sessions there and then we'll support them into it there and then. Whereas now we're sort of relying on people downloading the right technology, downloading the right apps. There's integrated apps out there, but it's still quite difficult for some people to navigate that. So we're not just depending on the person being motivated to, to get active and access all the online platforms. For some of the groups that we work with, particularly with learning impairments and autism, we're also reliant on those around them to be motivated to do it. So for example, a person could be as motivated as they want to get online and they see our sessions and get really excited. But if their support isn't motivated or willing to support them to get online, then it's unlikely that they'll do it. So a lot of them are the same barriers because we see that in the community. If support staff would prefer to go to a cafe rather than to a boxing session, then that's where that person will end up going. Um, so it's, it's the same barriers. It's just in, being put across in a different way, if that makes sense. Absolutely, they're back back again, aren't we? To our yeah, our concentric circles really, yeah, and yeah, yeah, it's one thing having an individual completely motivated, but um, if the people around them want to do something different, and you're reliant on them, then yeah, it's a big yeah, challenge. Yeah. It's not just um, yeah, it's not just that relationship you're building up with a person. You've got to get the buy-in from those around the person. But I yeah. think the, there's good opportunities there in that. In a lot of the cases, these people who uh, some of the people that we work with are, are quite reliant on they are controlled to a certain extent because they're funded by councils or they're funded by um, day services or supported mm. housing who have a commitment to support health improvement for the people that they're supporting. Um, so to some extent we are dependent on them, but if we could influence that layer of the council saying, actually, mm. you need to be getting everyone online, we need to be accessing, it doesn't have to be our sessions, it could be anything, but people have got a remit to be getting people online and supporting people through that process. Otherwise, we're going to have a lot of very inactive, frustrated mm. people with not much to do over. Because traditionally, the, the days might have been in day services all day, seeing the friends, mm. and then you'd go to social clubs of a, of a night. Or if they wasn't accessing day services, they'd be going to cafes in the day and shopping and stuff like that. So a lot of that's been cut out now. Platforms now that enable us to be socially connected, and for yeah. some people, possibly more connected. Yeah, but you have to pick and choose the right so ones. In terms really. of you know digital exclusion, who are there people? Are there particular communities? Any patterns you're seeing around people that are really unable to engage, you know, online at all? Um, mm. And what do we do in those circumstances? The first point around what, what platforms we're using. Um, we've we've done a lot of sort of messing around and looking at different ways that we can do this but the, the simplest way in terms of our model because it'd be very easy if we were just coaches 
and said, we're just going to deliver the activities for you. But the whole point of Empower You as a service is to reduce dependency on specialist services like ours. So we always try and engage mainstream coaches. So because we've done that, um, we can just act. We've, we've tried to do it so that we don't just get all the payment coming to us and then send it out to the coaches because then long term, that's going to build a dependency up on us to take that payment. So we've done it so that the coaches are all paid individually, which adds a different another layer of complexity. So we've used Book When to advertise um, the coaches who have, have signed up with us to say they're going to deliver dance, boxing, yoga and circuits at different times throughout the day. Um, so that their services are advertised through Book When, which we've sent out to everyone um, within our networks. And it's a case of them booking on to whichever session. Um, once they book on, uh, the coach gets a notification with their email address and sends over whatever method of payment they've chosen. Um, and then once the payment has been made, they receive a Zoom link to uh, just a session like ours, but you might have 50 people rather than two. Um, so they start a free layers there. They've got to log on to Bookwen. They've then got to um, wait for the confirmation from the coach to make payment, and then they receive the, receive the Zoom link. Um, so we've, we've opted for them free platforms and it's just all learning for us at the minute we've not done any online work before so we will be taking um some learning from it and just adjusting as we go um so yeah that's that's where we're up to at the minute and we don't i'm i'm not seeing this as something that we're just implementing for covid because a lot of the mm. people that we work with uh, especially people with autism um or people with really sort of limited levels of mobility um, they sometimes either can't leave the house much um, because of the way that the physical environment is or because of the capacity right. of staff or they don't want to leave the house at all if they've got really severe social anxiety and before this I was always quite keen and we was keen as a team to try and get people out of the houses we were sort of like this is this should be our goal if, if you're saying you don't want to get out in a minute we should but now I'm reflecting on it and thinking about people's needs and people's preferences and actually I, I don't think that we should be pushing that all the time if mm. people because I think we've always perceived social interaction as needing to be face-to-face. -face. Um, but I think this has sort of brought us around. And it's, and it's strange because I've always used FaceTime and stuff to thinking, actually, we can still do that um, social stuff, but it can be on an online platform as long as people are supported mm. to access it. So a lot of the people that we're supporting in the past, for example, who might have dropped off from Empower You at some point because without our support, they just don't want to access the community will now be able to maintain their activity levels at home. So it's definitely going to be part of our offer going forward, which will just enhance it um, and also, uh, you know, engage different, different people in different groups. So it's really interesting to hear how it's shifted your own perception as well yeah. and yeah. Um, around kind of, I guess, yeah, what's, what's seen as right. You know, I think there's yeah. lots of, um, it's been quite embedded, hasn't it, that somehow interacting face to face is good and yeah. interacting yeah. online is bad and i know that yeah. i sometimes feel that as a parent in particular so i've got you know, yeah. three teenage yeah. boys and they often challenge me because they'll be going you know pre-covid and kicking them out the door going 
go see your mates, go out, you know, yeah, and they're like, yeah. but we are seeing our mates. We are socializing. Yeah. We're doing it through chatting on a whole range of different platforms. Yeah. But because that involves a screen, it's involved for me, a kind of a negativity. And yeah, yeah, no, definitely. That isn't really I've just written a blog about this actually. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, well, there you go. You'll have to give that a plug. So, um, and that's from somebody, you know, I've been using zoom in my work for five years now and introduced yeah. to various organizations. So I've, and do lots of work as a facilitator and a coach to say, actually, there's loads of things we can do to facilitate great connection um, online. Um, it's particularly so a lot of my work around gender. It's been really helpful because it's enabled people living, you know, really busy lives, caring for yeah. people to connect with others and to share their learning and support each other in a way that just wouldn't be possible if you had to physically meet, yeah. you know, and all the barriers. So um, it is helpful thinking, you know, I really love the way you put that, but it does, it, it's shifting our perceptions as well of things that maybe we didn't realise we were categorising as good and, and good and bad and maybe enforcing on people as, you know, that you should get out the house. You know, yeah, <laughs> this is something yeah, that I'll shout, yeah. go outside um, and actually forgetting to listen to what do what matters to them and what do they really it was important to them and important for them and it might not always need to be going outside um yeah, yeah. i personally still still naturally think that there's something about yeah, no, no, the no, and being outdoors. Obvious, but, um, but it's a balance yeah. isn't it it's having that yeah. whole mix and maybe thinking about going forward what does that mix look like and getting that yeah. in a way that balance the balance is there for everybody in the way that they yeah. need it so yeah. the particular platform you say it's called a book book when it's called bookwhen.com Okay. Um, and that's just basically a platform that coaches can have, can advertise their classes on. Um, so it and it works well if it's just directly a coach doing it because it's completely integrated. So mm. you could have um, book when completely um, booking form so that the, the coach has some information and it takes you to payment and then it takes you to release the Zoom link once you made mm. the payment and that can all be done on one platform. Uh, and now it's integrated with Zoom, which makes it even mm. easier. The issue that we have is because we're working with external coaches and we want to reduce dependency on our services long term after the eight week period. Um, we can, it's not as integrated as it would be if one coach was just advertising the services on there. So we've had, we've, we'd have four different payment methods, which for now, Bookwen doesn't allow, it only allows you one payment method. Um, if we had four payments methods, it, it could all just be done on one site, which would be really easy. So okay so there's still but tweaks when, to be made in yeah, all of it yeah, but i'm um, guessing yeah, there and yeah. um thinking about and we had a gm moving round table just before covid and remember andy burnham making the point of you know when will we have the sort of the equivalent of just eat the just move and it does yeah. feel that that's happening in the, all these different apps and testing out all these different ways um, and how that makes it easier for people who want to just move to yeah, find yeah. the support and to do that in a way that is sustainable. And I really like your model of let's make sure that we're not creating further dependencies mm -hmm. for anybody, either as somebody that wants to move or as somebody who wants to be able to support somebody um, mm -hmm. where, you know, avoid it becoming highly centralised, really, and mm -hmm. enable mm -hmm. that to happen as quickly as possible <laughs> and empower everybody mm -hmm. to give what they can and, I guess, take what they need in the mix of all of this, which feels so, so important yeah, yeah, um, and distributing all of that so before um we wrap up if anybody is i guess listening or watching and wants to find out more what should they do yeah so we're on uh, unlimited potential and empower you into google we'll, we'll bring our page up you can learn more there we're on social media twitter instagram and facebook uh, empower you underscore up um 
and you can drop me an email ben.andrews.unlimitedpotential.org.uk um, for any information about the online service or, or anything else so yeah they're okay. the best methods um so final question so how how do you like to move ben and a minute well how do you yeah go on how do you generally like to move yeah. and how has that shifted or adapted in covid yeah so i usually go to the gym quite active go to the gym four times a week do um, resistance training and then i'll um run on wednesdays and saturdays so i'm training like six six days a week so at the minute and i have had some mild symptoms over the last two weeks um, so I've, I've sort of been taking it easier. Um, I've ch transitioned to home workouts. I've not got any sort of weights or anything like that. So we're just doing body weights or using things around the house, uh, mm. hand towels, <laughs> mop sticks, whatever, whatever it might be. And then I'm hoping, because I'm just conscious of, if I have got mild symptoms with, with sort of um, finding it difficult to breathe, I've not been doing any running. Um, so I'm hoping to get out on Saturday uh, because then it would have been two weeks since the sort of mm. symptoms first started. So... Yeah, hopefully get a running on Saturday. Fab. Well, if you've not seen it already, um, Pete from our Moving Forces team did a great little uh, social media video of creative alternatives to dumbbells. And he put out the ask for anybody else to come up with their own creative uh, alternative to that. So have a look. And I'm sure yeah. you're up for doing a little video with your mop or whatever yeah. else. Um, <laughs> I yeah, did do a, yeah, I did a Chalton. I live, I live in, well, I'm a councillor in Chalton, live just outside of Chalton, and I did a, a very Chalton alternative with uh, quinoa and chickpeas and oh, sourdough bread. Yeah, so, yeah, um, so, right. <laughs> so, yeah, he would love, I think he's, he's desperate for some people to interact, but it's quite a fun yeah. video. So, um, yeah, great. It's been included on the Greater Sport newsletter with, with the hand towel. It was sort of assisted exercises for people who might be from him seated. So, I'll send that over to Pete if you can get any use Great. Of do please do and we'll keep signposting people your way definitely um and really keep an eye on on what this all means the longer term really so we can really shift that figure from you know it's quite shocking really that you know, people twice as likely to be inactive um yeah. if you're disabled and obviously we need to shift that close that gap um yeah. because it shouldn't be a gift really should it for some people it's about all of us being able to live healthy happy active lives and be able to flourish really and, and get about our day-to-day -day, you know in a way um, that enables them to interact as if they have all those opportunities and spaces um, and in a way that works for us so you know really thank you um stay in touch yeah look forward to hearing more about your learning as you go and keep keep passing stuff on to us and um, much appreciated mm -hmm. so uh, i think we'll finish there cheers <laughs> If you've enjoyed this podcast, why not share it or tell a friend about it? And if you've got feedback or ideas for future episodes, please get in touch with our team at Greater Sport using the links that you'll find on our podcast page.